what up ladies and gents happy friday look if you're passionate about something there is a way that you can turn that thing into some dough and today's guest is going to help us tell or tell us how he did that exactly so here we go ladies and gents let's start off today's show let's do this shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you and welcome to another episode of Business Boss. Fire time. All right, here's the thing. Discipline is the key to your success. I mean, if you're waiting until you feel motivated to do something, chances are you're never going to actually do it. Now, martial arts helps to develop discipline and patience. And today's guest has taken his passion of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and turned it into a successful business. And not just his own martial arts school, but he's helped other martial arts school owners grow their business with the tools that they developed. Now, let's welcome to the show from RedBeltSoftware.com, Brian Dibby. Welcome to the show, my friend. What do you think so far? Man, it, you've got a great setup here. I wasn't expecting <laughs> all the uh, everything's popping up every couple of seconds. I'm fired up. That's what I'm talking about, man. I told you. I was like, we're going to do this energetic, man. We're going to be talking about what you do here on the show and having some fun doing it. All right, look, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm going to, full disclosure, I've never done any kind of martial arts in my life, but um, I I definitely have some buddies that are all about Jiu-Jitsu. Like, they live, breathe, and, like, this is all they do. And I love the camaraderie that they have in, in, in the groups. I love the training that they've done. Um, I've rolled around a little bit with some of those guys and I'm like, hell no, I'm not doing that <laughs> on the bat. But tell me a little bit about why jujitsu is like such a passion for you. Yeah. So I, um, I was the opposite of who you would think would get into martial arts and jujitsu. Um, I was diagnosed with a motor skill disability when I was, uh, when I was a child, I, I went into high school at, um, 60 pounds. Uh, I was bullied. Um, like all the time, I would say probably not a week would go by that I wouldn't experience some form of physical violence. And by that, I mean, like shoved into a locker as physical violence. It wasn't always like beaten up. I mean, I went home with a shoe print on my face, uh, and you know, all, all sorts of things. And like, I was, um, I was too unathletic, um, to do anything. I wasn't in any sports, was kind of isolated and, uh, you know, uh, my dad, super great guy and everything. He did judo and I asked him about getting into judo and training me. And I was like, he didn't really want to. I was, he was afraid I would get hurt. I was too, too small. So as an adult, I kind of did my own thing and started anyway. And like, sure enough, I have gotten hurt in martial arts, <laughs> but um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't even able to drive as an adult. I didn't have the coordination for that. Like, and I developed all that through, um, just the the process of failing and repeating and getting better at at jujitsu, right? So I've done some different things, but I I credit pretty much all my success to uh, Brazilian jujitsu. I've done very few 
common arts that I haven't done a little bit of. I've done a few years of kickboxing. I've done all, all sorts of little things. Um, but jujitsu uh, really has helped with that body awareness coordination. I went, uh, I saw my occupational therapist again, years later, I paid, she retired. I paid her to do some tests again. And, um, I did improve. You're not supposed to be able to improve your motor skills after you're like five or six. I did improve, but I still was super low, but you can't tell anymore. So essentially mm. I've got really good at faking it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a hundred percent functional at, at everything now. Um, and if I didn't tell you, I didn't, I didn't talk about this until like, Right around the time I finally got my black belt, which in in BJJ that that takes a long time. Often, mm -hmm. even for normal people, I took especially long. Um, but I I didn't want a black belt with an asterisk, like ah, he's pretty good considering. Yeah. Right? So I didn't talk about any of this until afterwards. But um, there's very few things. Uh, going back to your questions, there's very few things that I'm aware of, at least that gives you the ability to transform yourself in this way, mentally, physically. Um, I mean, many sports, coach just doesn't even want you uh, if you if you don't start with a lot of talent. So yeah. it's a combination of like, there is the camaraderie, there is a team, but it's also the individual aspect. You're not bringing your team down. Nobody's riding the bench. Everybody, everybody can play, can play, compete. Everybody can train. So, uh, yeah, it's totally different. I, I've every sport or anything I tried to try before this was a negative experience. And while I got really beat up and even hurt some at the beginning, like, you know, uh, it was still always a way more positive experience than it, than anywhere else. And it would uh, I mean, I have I have an engineering degree and technically I own a software company now. So you could say that that's valuable but i would say my B, my bjj black belt to me is a more valuable accomplishment than every other accomplishment that i've made put together um so it's um brian like yeah. let me pause you for a second man because dude what a story like you're a you're a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and you were also the kid who was 16 pounds in high school the little guy that got picked on like your dad wanted to protect you from injury. So he didn't want to put you in physical activity. And now you're sitting here with a black belt, dude. Like that is such an inspirational story that I think, you know, for me, it's like, you know, oh, that's just a sport I didn't want to try. No, you, it drastically changed your life for you. Like in, in I'll play this because I always think this is funny, but for you, it really was. It's worse. It's so much worse. And you started so, so with such a struggle, but you overcame it. Like, and tell me about your what what that story does when you're recruiting students into your business when you're first getting started in in the martial arts school. So I'll tell you, like I said, up until recently, I didn't tell tell it, and uh, because I was just so afraid of. Um, some of you guys might not be familiar with this, but in school system, the way they do things now is they have these things called modifications. And basically, if you don't seem promising, rather than fixing the problem, it's like, hey, he just can't. So here we're going to change the way things are scored so that he passes. Right. So that everything is good. He can't write well enough to pass the whatever test. So he gets to use a, a typewriter. He can't. That's you know, not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, exactly, right? That doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work.
work. Yeah, well, it, it works for uh, getting that letter at the end of your report card. Now, at the end, <laughs> when you try to do stuff in real life, then all of a sudden, like, where's my modification? Somebody goes to attack you. It's like, wait, where's my modification? Where's my unfair mm -hmm. handicap? Well, you mm -hmm. don't get that anymore. Um, so because I wanted to do this with my disadvantages from scratch, because that's the only way you're going to get somewhere, the only way um, – to get past it is to kind of pretend it's not there. And I mean, people didn't know how bad it was, but everybody kind of like, I can't, couldn't hide how unathletic and small I was. So like, there's no yeah. way to make that a secret. Been trying for a long time. Tell you that doesn't work. But uh, it, I, I didn't want to say things that are that extreme because I didn't want uh, my coach, Eddie Bravo. He's, he's a famous jujitsu coach um I, I actually traveled different story but uh i, I wasn't happy what, with what was local so i traveled across the country to train with him but uh i didn't want to get a black belt or any of my ranks or recognitions from eddie based on like a modification not that there's mm -hmm. any system for that not that he would have but in the back of his head like you got like you know now if you know what you're worth then go out and get what you're worth yeah, exactly, Sly. That's what you're trying to say, right? Like, I knew you knew you could do it. You knew you had it in you to accomplish it. It might take you longer. It might take you. It take more work for you. But you knew you were gonna get it, right? So that's why I was like afraid to tell the story because I was afraid if I said it, um, I would be judged by a different standard, and that I would uh, I would basically get a black belt with an asterisk, which there would be no way to erase that like ah uh, it's based on you know where he is um you know considering he's let's just give him a black belt that's probably all he's capable of so but you didn't do that man you earned yeah. yours right how do you yeah, how do I, you take the the that kind of like fear of sharing the story fear of you know being different making that accomplishment as as you making it happen and then turning around saying now i'm going to start a school like how does that work so I, I started a school um, before Black Belt. I don't necessarily recommend it, but I did. And the reason I did is I was I was traveling remotely to try. I tried different places locally. It's uh, I got hurt. It wasn't really the type of technique that, that was working for me. And I, I traveled across the country and I, I started teaching for free at uh, the university club I was at. I started one and um, I taught there for, I think, seven years six, seven, something like that for free while, uh, basically I would, um, I would teach while going to regular school there. I would teach jujitsu. And in the summertime I would go over and train with Eddie. Um, so, uh, when that got shut down that, um, they were getting rid of PE was no longer required by the state of Texas. So that whole department got shut down. So they weren't, we weren't going to have the mats or anything there anymore. So I just, I opened a school at that point. I've been training and teaching a while, um, but I didn't have a black belt yet. And uh, so I still wasn't really, um, I didn't know really anything about running a business. Really wasn't quite ready to start teaching jujitsu. Uh, <laughs> really like not anything, but I had some students. I had a little bit of a following and uh, like most of them were also people that wouldn't so much fit in locally. Um, so, uh, I just did it anyway, and it was pretty painful process at the beginning, um, because I, I had no idea, like, so 
I've kind of had entrepreneurial instincts my whole life. We were pretty poor. I was buying and selling on eBay when I was like, I believe six. Wow. So, um, I, when the, you remember beanie babies, Pokemon cards, whatever, yeah. uh, I would flip all that stuff. Uh, I would sell them at, before eBay. I was selling them at shows. I was, uh, in like first grade, I'd had the list of where those things would come in front porch, whatever hallmark, because it was, was remarkable. You would buy them for six bucks and they were going for a hundred right then. Right. So it's like, <laughs> Just smile and wave boys, smile and wave. The moth, yeah. send them off. Yeah. So, uh, that's what I was doing. Like, so I was, I was, I've always done little stuff like that, but as far as really putting a business together, I mean, I've had little side hustles forever and I kind of stopped near, near after graduating high school, I got a real job. It's like, okay. And I started thinking about it. Like, you know, I'm making some money on all this stuff, but when you break it down hourly, I'm making like less than minimum wage. So oh, hell no. <laughs> Exactly. All of a sudden, so kind of like your intro uh, intro said, yeah, this business stuff is great and all, but sometimes you're like, wait, is it really making sense? And like (laughs) the the flip game wasn't, I mean, people making good money at it, but, and when I was five, I was making great money at it. (laughs) Like, but once I I could get a real job, it's like, I couldn't replace real job income with it. So I kind of quit doing that. I was going, I was going to college, I was working and I was training. Now, and then I'm all of a sudden, okay, going to open a business again. Like, well, I've sold some things before. <laughs> Put yeah. something on the internet. How hard could this be? And the answer is really, really hard. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, but eventually I started looking stuff up. I, I saw it coaching different places. And I, I figured out, like, you know, systems for your business, marketing. Uh, I thought to do a Facebook ad, you know, you just fill out the little boxes and write something. And, and people come and buy your thing, right? Um, that's what we're hoping for right that's what we're hoping for i mean look at the end of the day that's that's the thing about building your business is you don't oftentimes know what you're doing when you first get started you develop a lot of these skills out of necessity because you're like look i need to get more customers in the door and you ask yourself that question how do i do that and so you start finding different ways and Facebook ads is one of those ways. Creating a podcast is one of those ways, right? Being a guest on podcasts is another one of those, one of those ways. Creating content for your social media. How do you get your eyes in front of more people? And then as you start getting people in the door, you start to realize other problems. Wait, how do I actually build them? What's the invoicing? Where do I keep their date? Like everything starts to get involved when you start a business. But you did something that a lot of people don't do is you did it. You took the action and you said, I'm going to figure it out as I go. Everybody else tries to figure things out and never actually does the thing. So they, they always look back and they're like, man, I wish I would have, should have, could have. You did. Yeah, I, I definitely did the fire ready aim with that. Um, and it is because I, um, there's different businesses that I've heard people talk about. This one was definitely a passion based business and that I, I literally wanted to do this even if I didn't get paid, because remember, I was already doing it for free. I was doing it. The reason I started my school then, I had been thinking for a long time, I wanted to actually do it in, for money eventually for a career. But at that time, I was like, yeah, probably not ready, but I was teaching anyway. So I was teaching for free at a university club um, anyway. So I for sure wanted to do it. Um, and that's one thing that gave me the patience because the first two years of my business, we didn't really make any money. So the first year, um, I think we lost, not counting the original investments and mats, just the, uh, so the 
forget the original investments, which is significant, but just the monthly, keeping up with the rent, utilities, fees. We were right under break-even first year. Second year, we were right over break-even. That's with paying myself zero, though. If I pay myself like $2 an hour, we would be way under. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, But around, yeah, uh, I think it's around year, on the third year, we really started, because I was starting to look into different business strategies, different things like that, and um, customer acquisition, different ways to get customers in the door, and uh, like, well, but basically get leads, but then how do you get those leads and get them to schedule an appointment? Then mm -hmm. uh, how do you get that appointment to show up? And then how do you get that appointment to sign? Whether before it was like, I didn't even try to do anything like that. I was like, the first Facebook ad I ever did was like really early on before I knew what I was doing. I just, I think I just listed my phone number on there. Like, bro, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> so yeah, there, there is a chance, uh, but it's a slim chance. And um, yeah, so instead, like, so in other words, I wasn't even acquiring leads. So Facebook should have kicked me back an error message or something. But Zuckerberg was like, your money's as good as anybody else's. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks for trying there, buddy. I mean, hey, you Losers know. always whine about their best. <laughs> exactly, Sean. We always whine about our best, man. All right, so you finally figure it out. You start in year three becoming like, okay, I'm actually learning how to run my business. I'm learning the skills necessary. In other words, you're taking the same disciplines that you learned in martial arts where you just take the beating. You learn. You take the beating. What else did you learn in that beating? Do it again. Do it better. Do it again. Do it better. Year three, you start making money, you start making some changes. What was the big thing that aha moment? Like I said, that that um, the, the idea that I'm trying to segment like that, that I'm not, that there's these different percentages that I'm trying to acquire leads. How many leads do I need to get um, one appointment? How many appointments do I need to get one appointment to show up? Uh, how many appointments I need to uh, get to show up to get one person to sign and then look at all those percentages and how each one of those, there's different things we can do to improve. And that's really yes. like, instead of seeing it as one thing, it's like four things now. 60% uh, of the time it works every time. Damn right. It does. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that, that was a big difference. And I just, I figured out, just kind of trial and error, a combination of that and, and seeing different coaching methods, just seeing what's out there, didn't all the way reinvent the wheel um, and uh, like got methods to be able to get these leads. And I mean, fast forward when all the other schools, not all of them, but a whole lot of other schools went bankrupt when COVID after it ended and we could reopen, we put our student base, we lost a lot of members. People had to move all sorts of stuff. And we mm -hmm. put everybody back in like three months because I know how to, I know how to um, generate new business. Now that said, I mean, the old, you never replace your old buddies and training partners or whatever. But as far as the business not going under, at least we're not going to drown. Um, so, uh, I mean, it it went from... Zero, zero, like, so the first year was probably losing money. I probably, I would say not counting original investment. I'd have to go look at the books. We probably minus a thousand dollars or so for the year. Second year, I probably made about two grand for the year. Good job, me. 
Uh, third year, I made about 60 grand. Nice. Uh, so uh, nothing like crazy, but eventually like, hey, that, but that's a real income. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and it, it was. A lot of it for me was the patience to not give up before I got to that point. If I knew how to do it, like if I was to reopen, which I almost had to after COVID, I mean, I retained some people. Uh, it's more learning the product. Now that I know how to do it, um, it wouldn't be that painful again. So that was that was the painful struggle, but the great learning process that you had in doing your own uh, martial arts school, right? But then you stumbled across, you know, this this systematic way of growing your business was something that you could all of a sudden replicate, right? Like it was like, okay, I'm seeing success with this. What was that next step that took that you ended up doing? Well, so the the next step was also kind of. The, the in-between for the next step, at least, was coincidental because people were just uh, kind of, I had friends that would ask me for help with like, hey, I hear you do okay with Facebook ads, Google ads, these different things. and uh, But what what nobody wants to hear about is like the whole process, or at least first. They wanted like, hey, send me up. But without uh, what I finally, like a Facebook ad, but without the process to follow up with these leads, without the process. Don't to waste like, the money. It, it, it's maybe, maybe when Facebook used to be a lot cheaper, maybe you could <laughs> just pure numbers, shove it through and make money. But it's really hard nowadays. Without a good systems, um, I mean, you, you can go get some leads in. But it's like, ah, oh, it's too expensive. It's like, well, you know, the lead isn't that expensive, even an expensive lead. I mean, if you're paying $50 a lead, that sounds expensive. But I mean, you can potentially get um, a lifetime value of a student, maybe a couple of grand, right? Yeah. So how much does it cost me to acquire a student? A couple hundred exactly. bucks, lifetime value, a uh, couple grand, first month value, close to the, uh, close to what I'm investing. So Cool. You that's can a break-even that. funnel, man. That's yeah. and, and I don't think people understand in marketing that's a win. I mean, the the idea is to put money in in ad spend and then get money out in conversion. And if you can find a funnel that breaks even, where your ad spend is the same as your as your output, that's a winning funnel. Anything on the positive side of that, how much money do you want to put in your ad spend? Like that's that that's the ideal process that you nailed down. Yeah, it's um, and that's that's something because a lot of people, they if they're not making way more money than they're putting in, like immediately people are disheartened with it. But you yeah. you said it like it's um, I've heard before. All you need is like a break even funnel to become a millionaire. Well, yep. the um, the stipulation here is those people might be talking about a nationwide audience. And I will say that it um, it caps out locally. Right. So that eventually because I've tried to scale beyond a certain point that uh, above X amount of leads per month, what since starts to happen is I start paying exponentially more for each one. So in other words, it's not infinitely scalable that we got to kind of dial off uh, mm. right there. So because it's local, right? Because I need people within eight miles. So uh, the number of impressions, like people seeing ads like more than like five times, uh, you can track that in Facebook, uh, you know, and for, for Google ads, it's even worse because how many people are, if there's 15 people searching for BJJ Beaumont this month, like there's just 15, right? That's it. Yeah. So I can advertise to all 15 of those people, but that's it. So there's a set number 
Um, but within that, uh, I keep telling these BJJ school owners that, that it, it really is one of the, because I played with, um, just to learn more about marketing, I played with affiliate marketing, played with these little different things. And, you know, comparatively, you can almost never make, you know what I'm talking about. You can almost never make an ad like that work, but almost right. every BJJ school can. Now they can't infinitely scale it, but most of them, they can, it's not that hard to build a break-even funnel in BJJ harder, easier than, it, maybe I'm just biased because I've done it, but easier than any other business that I've seen is that you can, you can more or less break even as long as you, I mean, before the, before the credit card bill was due, you can get the money back. Uh, on these ads. And from there, it's this student is going to pay you for how much longer? You don't know. But if you got a great school, longer than one month, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's, a for long sure. Time. that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, it, it, that and the you're looking at, at numbers and metrics that a lot of business owners don't even realize exist. I mean, the lifetime value of a client that's a metric that, that, I mean, how do you calculate that? How do I know what the lifetime value is? You know, uh, you, what about my click-through rate? What about my, how my, what percentage of the views of people are watching the videos? 75% of the video, 25%. Like there's so many different things that you can look at in the data that will help you analyze how to adjust your ad and, and how to adjust your targeting or how to adjust your process. Are you, are they dropping off when they get to your landing page? Are they dropping off after, you know, the first uh, text message or email? I mean, so many different things that you can look at. And it sounds to me like, at least in the BJJ space, like you have that nailed uh, and you've been helping other people do that successfully. I mean, that to me is, is cool. What about red belt software? So, um, eventually what, um, uh... What I wanted to build was so there's different softwares, and uh, so there's super generic softwares like something like Salesforce, uh, mm -hmm. CRMs like that. And then in the industry, there's some other softwares, and and nobody really had um, exactly what I wanted for my process. So um, what I started looking into was could could I build um, could I build a, a a more perfect solution, a CRM built for this business model. So we now I finally figured out what systems I want to use. Uh, can I get a CRM to match? And I mean, there's different CRMs you can try and customize. There's plugins. There's this. There's that. But um, I I couldn't find exactly what I wanted out there. Um, so we started um, started building it, and I've been building it for two and a half years. Uh, this year we went into beta, um, and I'm. We're almost out of beta now. We've got uh, we've got 20 paying customers right now. Uh, most of them are from my association, 10th Planet, and people I know and stuff. Uh, and we're starting to get referrals and, and a couple of people that I don't know. Um, and I, I haven't really even been too much pushing that on the outside because I've been more perfecting it, making sure it's it's really quality. And, and I'm at I'm kind of at that point right now where I'm. Um, now we're we're kind of going public to the world with that and it's uh it's basically the the processes so i talked about kind of my breakthrough moment was understanding that it's not just leads right what what do mm -hmm. you do with them the show rate so a lot of one thing so yes the so our software builds people but a lot of softwares build people what it what it actually helps is um that kind of pipeline 
that we're talking about. It helps you measure those steps and it helps you with each one of those steps with, with email automations, text automations, uh, yes. uh, as, as far as from the life from a lead till it has an appointment, getting that appointment to show, we have appointment calendar, all that in there. Uh, and then following up with that appointment didn't sign. If uh, And if they did sign, um, if their payments aren't going through, following up with that, like the entire life cycle of, uh, of the client optimized with all, w- through all means. Like our software does phone calls. Like you can accept a phone call through it. You can tell uh, what. So if an incoming phone call comes in, you can say, do I want to forward it to three different employees? Do I want to do different things at different times with it? At, at noon to one, is it going to go to a certain place? Is it going to go to voicemail there? When a call goes in, it automatically makes a lead there. So that's a new lead. That phone number is a lead. So um, everything having to do with, with the business and the different ways the leads come in, um, no real, none of the other CRMs really did that. And, and to an extent, I'm cutting it short by saying it's a CRM because we do a lot of stuff that's, that's outside a normal CRM. Uh, but really, it's it's built to be kind of an all-on-one software for um, for at least my processes and the process that that I recommend for a martial arts school. Give it a uh, a ten, a ten. I give it a ten. All right, man, Brian, dude, what you your story itself is amazing. Uh, that you were just your own struggle and your own uh, inspiration with that BJJ had in your life. And then on top of that, how you were able to build a school, the persistence that you had, the dedication, the discipline to make it happen, and then ultimately write your own software so that other people can can benefit from that struggle and, and all everything that you learned all along the way. So if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? So if you go to redbeltsoftware.com, you can uh, set up an appointment to talk to me or my team. Uh, I'm also on sh- uh, social media. I'm Brian Barncat Debs on Instagram. I'm on Facebook at uh, at Br- Brian Debs. Apparently, I'm at Brian Debs dot five. I didn't even know that, but uh, <laughs> I guess I am. And then email. Yeah, Brian D at RedBeltSoftware.com. Perfect. All right, Brian, dude. Uh, ladies and gents, I mean, check that out. I, if you're in the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu space and you're looking for that software, it's really easy to find. Go to redbeltsoftware.com, redbeltsoftware.com. It's scrolling across the bottom of your screen. Brian, dude, your story's been epic, man. I got one last question for you. At the beginning, I told you we were going to put together a show that was fun, that had you talking about your business in the best light possible. We love video testimonials. So my question to you is, what was your experience like on the Business Bros podcast? Man, it was great. This is this is a great great podcast. Everything was was super fun. Pr- really appreciate you, man. Of course, my brother. All right, ladies and gents, thank you very much. We'll see you guys again manana. Well, actually, on Monday. Peace, and we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.